Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Rendazzo. Not looking good for the white supremacists. <laughs> and the amazing Chris Rendazzo. What is a brioche? <laughs> we are in this week's episode, Talk Television. This is episode 131. Karen, you got to pick this week. You chose Glow, season one. Episode 7, Live Studio Audience. But before we get into that, here is your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com. Let us know you're out there. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Just talk to us. We're lonely sometimes. We like the company. <sighs> so, Karen, yes. when, when I went to go watch this episode, I had realized I hadn't watched the episodes before. I think I got like two episodes into the series and I knew that I liked it, but I just never went back. Didn't make it. Yeah. And I felt bad because then I, you know, power watched five in a row and then, you know, me and Andrew sit there and I go, what episode are we on? She's like, I think six. And then I pause it and went, shit, we're on seven. I have to really pay attention to this one. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you choose this, this episode in particular? Uh, well, the show is about, obviously, the starting up of this women's wrestling, wrestling league. And uh, I, first of all, I picked the show because Chris and I binged the hell out of it. Uh, it had been on our list for a full, like, year. Very bingeable, by the way. Like, 35 to 40-minute episodes, give yeah. or take. Ooh. You you can knock out. They go down easy. <laughs> three, four, easy, no problem. Um, so, yeah, even, I mean, the second season just premiered a couple of weeks ago. And uh, even before that, we were like, we got to watch Glow. We got to watch Glow. Finally, hole opened up and we did watched it all. This one in particular I chose because I felt like it was a, I don't always like to do season premieres or mm-hmm. season finales or whatever. And uh, this felt like a good, it, it kind of gave a good view of pretty much everybody's character and uh, it was, you know, sort of the first time you get to see everybody's wrestling persona in the ring, which is one of the things I liked about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I just thought it was a, a good introduction without choosing the very first one. Right, right. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, watching it, everybody does a phenomenal job acting wise in this show. But wow, kudos to Mark Marin. I know. I like. I why never do I like him so much? Such a good performance out of him. <laughs> Who and is I, he? Why, like, Karen he's a comedian. Was surprised at this he's too. a cranky I, comedian. <laughs> I, he's he's pretty wonderful. <laughs> he has a podcast where he interviews people, and he has a talent for getting them to like really open up about some their their own personal dark shit. Mm-hmm. Um, WTF. Yeah, and I've never really listened to it, but uh, I know he has a reputation as being kind of an asshole. No, he is an asshole. <laughs> he is openly admitted. Well, he's like, right, he, he wears it as a badge of honor. 
I'm not going to say that outright because, as I say, I haven't listened to the guy's show. So, but yeah, I so I didn't expect to like the character Sam as much as I did, but he's like one of my favorites. As the 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 sh- as I was watching the episodes, like each one of the characters, like has an a, an ebb and flow to them. Like I like them, I don't. I do. Oh, that's bad. And. And it's it's not like when I say I like I don't mean their performance I mean their characters them mm-hmm. like the the, the 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 acting thing that they're doing and <laughs> the acting thing like, that they're doing like Allison Allison Brie right mm-hmm. no yeah it's Allison Brie mm-hmm. yeah yeah her Good character <laughs> gets so on my nerves so quickly but then I am rooting for her the entire time oh absolutely. Like the whole mm. Russian bit, when she first figured out that was going to be her thing, like it was a little much, but it made sense, and she did yeah, it really it's, well. It's, it's all mean, supposed it's, to be a bit much, especially for the period. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, uh, I mean, you guys have apparently enjoyed this thing as you power watched season two as well. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of this episode? I mean, this episode. Uh I, I there there wasn't a single episode of this show that I didn't like. Um this episode in particular uh it was pretty memorable just because like Karen said really getting to see the show start to actually come together. Um seeing Machu Picchu not you know kind of lose her lose her shit before getting into the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh was, was kind of heartbreaking um seeing a uh, uh, blonde lady and Allison Brie work together like really work together and communicate and get better at doing what they were doing was really, really fun to watch. And then the reinforcement that her husband is a piece of garbage. Oh uh, my God. Stupid Mark. I hate fucking Mark. (laughs) Stupid Mark. (laughs) He's awful. And there is a bit in season two where Alison Brie and uh, blonde lady eventually do have it out. And lots of, uh, I think important thing. I mean, like actually have it out over the, like Alison Brie, not backing down and like being, sorry and super apologetic like shit goes down between the two of them and they actually have the argument that they need to have okay and uh some you know some harsh truths are brought upon blonde lady (laughs) and uh many of them have to deal with the fact that uh well not many of them but at least one or two of them are the fact that yeah he's a piece of garbage and uh she wasn't happy with him but look, it, it just God, that whole bit at the end where she's standing up there, she's ready to do this thing, and she's like really into it. And really, one of the things that I loved uh, about this season one of the show was I think it was the episode before where she goes to see the wrestling match, <laughs> where and she's that t- aha moment where she's just <laughs> slapping like, everybody, going, "It's a soap opera! It's a soap opera!" Yeah, she just she's looking at it, it's like I get this. It's a soap opera. I can do this, and I really liked that moment too. But. um there's 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 a limitless amount of moments I love in this show. Um, how much farther did you get? I stopped there because I didn't want because eventually it all for me as I watch, especially if I binge watch something, it all becomes one giant episode. Okay, so, I, yeah, I get that. So I, I, honest to God, don't remember where this specific episode started. This specific episode started with. They're just sort of kind of trying to get all the pieces, the lights, the cameras, the, um, you know, the referee. The camera's missing. The camera was missing. Right. Uh, What's her name? Stole it. Why yes. she stole it, I don't know. But then the oh, other girl. Oh, you're going to find oh, out. And when you find out why she stole it is 
wonderful. Uh, <laughs> and Britannica does that silly ass rap. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's silly, but it was so sweet. It's, it's it was. Spoken, it was really it's sweet. Spoken yeah. word. I'm speak singing. Speak singing. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. That is that woman is actually a, a fairly well known recording artist, Kate oh, Nash. Really. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um what's it what Dan told me, Dan from the Stone Age Gamer podcast. Ooh. Uh he told me that um uh what's her name? Welfare Queen used to be a wrestler. Like the with actress who's playing her like was a pro wrestler. <laughs> and apparently she was quite like a formidable pro wrestler and watching her wrestle, I can see that. Like now that I know that and watching her like I, I really want to see what this woman was capable of, A, in, in, I guess when she was a little younger and in her prime, and B, like, when she's not pretending to not know what she's doing. Right. Right. I, I like, I remember watching Glow. I don't, I like the, I don't remember the nuances of it, you know, like, the characters. Like, for some reason, you know, WWE or whatever it was at the time wwf F at the time it sticks out more like i remember the characters um what i like about this show is that there is some there's something for everyone like that every personality type is covered by the you know the the gang it and each actress is playing it phenomenally like even the, the woman the that two was stupid ladies yeah the, yeah, the two <laughs> jewish ladies are you seeing what i'm seeing just banging their heads in the wall i mean even the woman that was supposed to be the like she was the olympic athlete <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was supposed to be the american whatever like yeah liberty bell liberty bell like like when she changed over to the viking like you could like you felt for her like mm-hmm. damn like that's not right <laughs> And it's all just silliness. Like half the time they realize what they're doing and like what they're doing is is make believe and it's supposed to be like fun. And then the other half they're like seriously training and like it's impressive what they're doing with with glow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fairly serious show for a uh, such a silly subject matter. Right. But I mean I guess that's kind of the thing and again th- this really kind of ties back to a lot of uh, all the stuff that Dan's written for the site, like this is inherently goofy, but this kind of stuff means something to the people involved in it. Like the people who are entertained by wrestling, mm-hmm. it, it means a lot to them. Right. And it's seeing this much perspective on uh, not just like you can watch this and be entertained by the goofy crap they're doing in the ring. And like, this is one of those things that much like Dan's writing has, I will, I will never, I will never be entertained by wrestling. <laughs> I've, I have tried. Dan's been like, seriously, even if you're not in wrestling, you got to watch this and I'll watch it and be like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting this, but reading his words is very similar to the feeling I got when watching this show and watching them pull these things off and really with the camera being in tight and you seeing them talking to one another. I mean, geez, when the ref guy comes up, he's like, <laughs> do you know what's happening next? Because I don't. You he's guys just, are doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> just completely. I mean, he's acting like he's yelling at her, but the things he's saying are just totally different. And the audience would never see that. Right. And I really loved those moments in this show of uh, just really seeing all the visual cues 
and the way these people learn to play off of one another. And, you know, obviously the, it's a different time. Let's, let's deal with all of the uh, horrible racial stereotypes mm-hmm. and everything that are in this show, which are, I mean, there's a great episode <laughs> in the second season about welfare queen and her son. Uh, right. You had, just, you had made comment about that. That's just great. Uh, this, this whole show is freaking phenomenal. There, I there's a moment. It. I don't know what episode it was, but um, welfare queen asks Keith, I think his name is the guy who plays mm-hmm. the referee. She's like, so come on, be honest. Is Sam a racist or is he cool? And he stops and he looks at him, you know, actually he's more sexist than racist. <laughs> <laughs> and like you went, that's true. Cause like his, his second in command is, 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 is his black lady who is like in control of everything. Like she is the bomb. If it wasn't for her, none of this shit would have, would have gone anywhere. And he's just despicable most of the time. It's oddly... It's neat watching these characters grow, because you're absolutely right. At this point, he is despicable pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And Alison Brie is pretty much obnoxious all the time. Right. But that doesn't stick as these people get more comfortable around one another, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really neat way of handling something like this in a TV show. Because I feel like that's something like character. It's real character growth and not even just growth, just really illustrating how different people are around one another when they've been around one another for a while. Right. And uh, that's something this show handles really well is as everyone gets more comfortable, you see more of their personalities because not just because of some character arc growth or something, but just because they're getting better at being around each other. Right. And, and what there was a, I don't remember what episode it was, but the, the, the realization about the wolf girl, mm-hmm. how it wasn't a costume for her. Like it right. was her, like that was like, she just happened to get into the right industry because her, her, her inner personality was allowed to be out and not be, judged and when Alison Bree's character and her like have this talk like you you feel for this girl who in essence dresses like a weird combo between a hobo and a wolf because there's some part of her that mentally broke and that's just what made her whole again right and I it, don't even remember the details of it. I just remember she's she just said, said she'd been she'd been wearing some version of that costume for the past five years. Yeah. And did she say it was because something happened or uh no, Alison Bree said something about how something happened in her childhood that made her attached to an, mm-hmm. another movie. So it's sort of the same thing, kinda like she awkwardly reached out and said, I understand and tried to give some sort of anecdote to 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 you know drive that point home mm-hmm. but but you know it wasn't about it wasn't about Allison Bree's understanding it was about the comfort that that woman felt as a person being in that costume yeah. and I'm air quoting that that you can't see <laughs> um it's 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 amazing what this show is doing. like I, I I can't get over this is about glow Gorgeous ladies of wrestling, a flash in the pan, WWF, like weird thing that happened, and it it's like really really well done. 
So, I mean, everybody's putting up, like, fantastic performances. Even even the weird, like, those two women who are playing the the, the old ladies, the old biddies. The beat-down biddies. Sure. Where, oh, my God. Their story in this episode. That was one of the, another reason that I chose this, just because of how s- hysterical that moment was when they're like standing backstage and they're like, "Well, what if we shouldn't do this?" <laughs> well, no, it was their idea, so we should totally do this. And like, as you're watching it and you're, you're seeing them talk to each other and you realize what they're about to do, and like, "Oh, oh no. no, oh no," <laughs> oh. and then they do it. But and it works. And it, it works, works phenomenally. And and that was the moment that the show. Like, as much as it was, you know, I think either at the end of this episode or in the beginning of the next one, they're like, yeah, you can't do that. And clearly it was a terrible idea. No one should ever do that. But that was the moment that they got the audience. Right. That that was was the turning point. Yeah. And uh, because everything else that happened, I'm trying to think, was there any sort of reaction to any of them outside of that racist point? Everybody else was just there's polite clapping before it. But then after it. After that, they had gotten you know the audience's attention, and they were into right. the ridiculousness of these characters fighting one another. And then it was kind of the perfect warm up for Liberty Bell and Zoya. Right, and and that that whole I don't know snowball effect was started by what was it Cherry? Yeah, like that was her idea because that wasn't supposed to happen at all. Right, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. You know, two black women beating up on beating up the two elderly. old women, two old white women. <laughs> like that's and that's not right. <laughs> I think uh, that that they it, that particular part did a good job of pointing out what appeals to the audience in the show about Glow is it's not necessarily just the wrestling; it's the story. The first couple matches where it was like uh, the Viking versus Machu Picchu or the it was it was the Indian girl against, I think, the Asian girl. Sure. The, those characters, the wrestling personas weren't totally developed yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the audience was just sort of like, OK, why should we care? The wrestling isn't that impressive. We don't know who these people are, really. And then. uh then when Cherry and Tamei came up with the, you know, the the racist storyline, that was at least something to grab their attention. Right. And then Debbie and Ruth had done the work on their characters to, like, prepare for the big match. And that's why that was the biggest hit. Right. And, and then stupid fucking Mark shows up. Shout out. I, I hate Mark. I, 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 we, I feel it. I feel the disdain. Uh, special shout out. I don't think they appeared in this particular episode, but Machu Picchu's brothers. Yes, uh, they did. They were yeah, training they were the them. Was that they, in this they episode? They trained them in the yard. I yeah. thought that might have been in the episode beforehand. Oh, those two guys were great. Like, like <laughs> We're busy. You're <laughs> eating Pringles. <laughs> and then he brushes off his shirt. <laughs> like as, The Lumber Jacksons. <laughs> it, was so, it was perfect. Because like they're just two big, goofy guys that are good at what they do. And they mm. know what they do. Like, so when they say, well, we need it to be bigger. And then they, you know, like they just t- take them step by step. And yeah, small escalation. Right. Up until the aerial move. Exactly. And as they're doing things like, yeah, we know that it is yet again, air quoting fake. 
but you see how they're they're being trained so like when she does do the dive off of the the top or the middle turnbuckle because she was afraid to go to the second one or the top one you see that she lands on her arms and her knees so she doesn't really hit the girl like they Mm -hmm. they break that down for you and and visually show it to you that it's about the stomping and it's about the showmanship right so Mm -hmm. they have to have this higher level of athleticism i guess i mean it's probably easier to full bore run into someone and hit them with your body not as easy to make it look like you did that right it's uh it's not necessarily real but it's definitely a sport Mm -hmm. it's more stunt performing as a sport than than actual wrestling as a sport right yeah i mean i guess i i don't know that i'd call it sport just because i don't think it's actually competitive well no it's a it is sports entertainment, as they call it. Well, it, 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 there's athleticism to it. Exactly, yeah. And it is something that involves athleticism. A shit ton of, of showmanship. Because, like, all right, when they went to go see the, the men's wrestling, mm-hmm. like, it clicked for her with the show. Him right. riding in and, and I, what was his, his mind, his brainwashed girlfriend or whatnot. <laughs> like, like, I remember those storylines. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Chris, you didn't really have any like history with wrestling itself, right? No, not at all. I uh, I did watch a little bit of wrestling as as a little little kid. Me and my sister would tag team against my dad, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But I remember being like so like upset and disappointed when people would say like, "Well, it's not real," and I'd be like, "No, but it's awesome." I mean, like you know, it's a like even watch even watching the show about it not being real. It's fun. Yeah, and like who cares if it's real? Exactly. I mean, the X Men isn't real either, and that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all in all, it's a great show. I like. I I had to stop there because, like I said, it would have blended all together. And over the next, I don't know, probably by Sunday, I will finish out the rest of this season. And and that'll be a fun week for you. Yeah, yeah. I, it, they go so fast. Evan, did you recognize Bash? Bash, Bash, Bash. Which one was the it? producer? The, the rich kid. I recognized him. I don't know what from. Oh my god! I've seen him. So in, I had the exact same experience. Like I've seen I, him a lot. I trolled the their IMDb page, and when I hit his name, I went no. So bash is he on? Uh, let's see, full cast. He is. He is. He is. He does coked up very well. Yes, he does. <laughs> wow! Like the the speed. All right, Chris Howell. Let's see who Chris, Chris Lowell or Lowell. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's scroll down a bit. I'm waiting for you to like have your mind blown uh, oh my god <laughs> he is He's him Chris from veronica mars <laughs> i'm so happy to see him again even though i didn't really care for that character on that show i like that actor oh look at that see i like it's it was weird because i saw him i'm like oh, he, he was probably just one of those 90s actors that appeared in every yeah, third like, movie oh, kind of thing. he's handsome. He's a good-looking guy. He's one of those faces. No, he's no. like really from something. <laughs> Yay. Stosh Piz Piznarski. Narski. Yep. Piznarski. <laughs> well, that's nice to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> now it makes it so much better. I hope he hangs around. I felt that something was going to happen between him and Pichu. 
Aww. Like, I want something to happen between the two of them. <laughs> Either that or his manservant. One or the other. That's that's the directions <laughs> he's going in. Well, let's put it this way. Things do happen. <laughs> I felt so bad for Pichu when she got her, her panic yeah. attack. Like, I, it made sense because of, you know, she was... She was the she only the, one that had the right to be there. <laughs> yeah, and she kind of had the most pressure on her, like from in, internal pressure from herself. Right. It was it was heart wrenching, but good television. Good good television. Man, Netflix knocking it out of the park again. God damn it. Good job, people. All right, um, let's take a break. <laughs> we got a lot of news to talk about. Karen, thank you so much. It. I appreciate you forcing me into watching this show and now I have to finish it because it is really, really good. Like, even even Ange, who has an affinity for wrestling, like, she is the wrestling fan, loves this show. That's great. So, good stuff. Well done, Netflix. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. There aren't a lot of people brave enough to compare the relationship between X-Men's Colossus and Shadowcat with Michael and Jan from The Office. But Jonathan and Patty are. And that's not all. This week, they cover mind control, clones, heroic happy endings, how the Reavers got into Harvard, and more. Hear it all, plus a fair share of colorful language in Mutant Musings, episode 28. X-23 is the new 30. Why no? My hype levels for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate haven't lowered in the least. That's why Matt and myself are continuing our trek through the expansive soundtracks of the Super Smash Bros. series, this week focusing on the music of The Legend of Zelda and Kid Icarus franchises. Another fresh set of reimaginings of some of Nintendo's most iconic tunes is ready for to reach your ears, and all you have to do is listen to Matt and me geek out about it between tracks. Don't miss Wave Mac Episode 60, Super Smash Bros. Volume 3, Zelda and Kid Icarus. There are times when DIY projects are totally the right call. Screen printing your own t-shirts with little to no experience is not one of them, especially when you've been drinking. Unfortunately for Alex Watley, that's exactly what he decided to do, much to his wife's chagrin. And while the results were messy, the beer was delicious. Discover just how poorly things went in drinking beer while doing stuff. Three stars above the clouds. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at GeekAid.com. Hey, Karen. Hi, Evan. So you're taking the 60-second summary this week? I sure am. All right. What are we surmising? Uh, I watched an excellent stand-up special from Netflix called Nanette. Okay. So whenever you are ready. All right. Here we go. So um, this was a Netflix special I'd heard a lot of buzz about on social media from a comedian named Hannah Gadsby and uh, with an Australian comedian. Uh, she d- t- took on a lot of, you know, she's she's a woman, she's gay, and she lives in this, you know, present time where we're experiencing all this crap in the world and everybody's realizing that being a gay woman is not exactly a, a great thing to be. Um, so she does mine a lot of comedy out of that, but also like 20 minutes in, it just takes this turn where she kind of like 
oh, like puts away her comic persona and just kind of opens up the real guts of her life to the audience and like gets really vulnerable. And it's just like I've never seen anything like it. It's hard to call it a stand-up special because it is funny, but it's also I don't know. I'm out of time, but you need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That was a horrible summary because I did not explain at all what it was about, but it just, please watch it. <laughs> okay. I'll bite. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and the 60-second summary. It's time for some news. Karen, you posted up this next one, shockingly, from Deadline.com. The story of the Royals gets premiere date on ABC. Now, was ABC the one that did all the coverage? Uh, the I wedding? think all the news networks did. Well, wasn't did there one that was like twenty-seven hours long? Um, or is that just you know? I can't total? remember. I, I I know that uh, I know that NBC and the Today Show did a whole okay. bunch of stuff about them. Uh, I see. So this is what like the highlights or. No, this is a documentary miniseries about the story of the royals from, like, I don't know, from, not from ancient times, but from modern times to how do we get from, I'm going to get crucified by my by my royal, fa- royal family fandom that, that I don't know which one, but there was a royal family member that got like kicked out of the royal family because he married a divorce an american divorcee Let's just which is true. what um megan markle is that's true but that it so, there's no hullabaloo over that is there because there's well, way more hullabaloo no, over her being famous and like he's you know doing a good thing it's a different time right but the times have changed so like it was in the in the 20th century Oh. That that this guy got kicked out. So it wasn't that long ago. So how in like a hundred years did we go from you're completely not a royal anymore to an American divorcee can marry the whatever second prince? <laughs> like how did prince that happen? Once removed. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I mean, I know you guys don't care, but uh, if you're into royal stuff, there's going to be a cool documentary August twenty second and twenty third. Um, on ABC about wait all, uh, all three it's 22nd and 20 oh yeah, yeah okay yes 22nd and 23rd I thought it was just a one day thing but cool if you are yes, interested will, in the royals you could get unlike all like the royal wedding I will not be driving three hours each way to go watch it with my best friend but <laughs> <laughs> but we'll probably be on Twitter okay there you go <laughs> we'll watch out for that um, next okay so this from Deadline also. George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones spinoff is set to film in Belfast in October. So it's happening. It's official. And it's happening. Well, it's starting to happen in October. The good news about this is that like Belfast is like, woohoo. Yes. Money. Give us these jobs. And yes. Um, it's a it's like a big deal for the area which makes sense it's hbo it's you know game of thrones so it's not tv what's that i said it's not tv it's hbo it's true it's not tv it's hbo wow that's an old poll right there they don't haven't used that in a long time um well, i'm an old woman that's i remembered <laughs> it too so i must be an old woman as well um so 
as we you know mentioned before, it's well in the past. Well, yeah, well in the past, a a, a prequel of sorts, but it's hopefully going to answer the questions that you know have been running through Game of Thrones proper for a while now. And I mean, like that's pretty much it. Like it's. <laughs> when I saw this headline, I went like, "Wait, what the fuck? The, sh- the 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 show proper still hasn't aired the final episodes, and they're already starting this crap." Like, George R. R. Martin is not capable of finishing one thing before he moves on to the next damn thing. Right. Well, I th- I think it's more of an HBO thing because they don't want a, a huge gap between the end of Game of Thrones and the beginning Listen, of Evan, Game of Thrones. I can blame George R. R. Martin for anything I want to. <laughs> Absolutely true, and I will defend it. I apologize. My mistake. Um, no information about when it's going to start or anything like that. But, hey, good news is it is starting production in October. There's that. All right. From TV line. Now, I didn't even realize that like this is like this is a necessary assist. But Netflix launches new binge assist. The pros and cons of smart downloads. So apparently there's an app for Android that you can download a couple of episodes of a show that you're binging and it'll when you watch one and you finish it, it'll delete that one and download the next one that you do not have downloaded to keep your on the go binge watching current and and, and available to you. (laughs) Like, is this the world that we're getting to? Well, Netflix, Netflix found a, a new way to keep your eyes on their program and programming and not anything else. That's true. Since we, since we launched the download feature in 2016, one thing has been clear. Members love downloading and enjoying Netflix on the go. Yeah, I think they just like Netflix. Like, yeah, Whether it's on the go or at home, like Netflix is a thing now, guys. I don't know if you're aware. Whoa, Netflix is a thing it's now? It's a thing now. <laughs> Remember when Netflix was just DVDs? I do. I do. You and me were working at Hollywood Video. God, I was an early adopter of this, and like I, when I signed up Chris's dad as a uh, for a membership as a gift, because he would go into Best Buy like on the weekly and just buy movies whether he'd seen them or not, because that's just how he rolled. And I was like, you should check out this thing. It's called Netflix. They send you movies for free. Folk in the mail freezies in the mail i remember getting that little red envelope and you were like oh what because like you never really knew what you were ever. getting yeah like you always had a couple of things in your queue and you're like oh it could be this it could be that oh why did i leave that in my queue was standard when you opened up the envelope and you saw what showed up it's always the last of your list like the bottom but hey it's a new time download your shit to your phone you know watch it while you drive there you go <laughs> I know someone who does that on her commute. Like, she doesn't actually watch it, but she just listens to it because she's got, like, a 45-minute drive each way. She's like, that's an episode. There you go. That's uh, some mobile data minutes right there. All right, let's let's move on. Another deadline. I, okay, when I saw this, I was like, wow, he's still around. Okay, good for him. Um, RuPaul is filming daytime talk show pilot for Telepictures. That led me and to that's another how question. You know, Evan does not watch Drag Race. I do at not. All. Do not. Um, <laughs> do, no. Uh, that led me to another question: Is what is Telepictures? And it's the syndication production arm of Warner Brothers. So I thought syndication came 
after a show had been on. Well, no, shows can go straight to syndication. Like, uh, Briscoe County Jr. was a straight to syndication. Interesting. Um, Basically, any sort of TV show that gets, like, large episode orders that go straight into, like, daytime or whatever. Like, non-primetime, these episodes premiere and blah, 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 kind of a thing. Okay. So most of the cartoons that we used to watch, like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, for example. (laughs) Straight to syndication. That kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag the more you know. (laughs) Um, So he's doing a talk show, daytime talk show. Uh, It's it's going to be RuPaul. I don't think he's he's veering way out of his wheelhouse. It's him being him talking to people. I would watch the hell out of this thing. I'm so mad that I work during the day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be able to binge watch it at some point in time. Well, I'll make it available to you. You know. So yeah. Okay. So RuPaul's Drag Race recently wrapped its tenth season on VH1. RuPaul's other projects in the works include AJ and the Queen, a new original comedy series for Netflix in which he will star, as well as write and executive produce with Michael Patrick King. He also has teamed up with J.J. Abrams of Bad Robot and RuPaul's Drag Race producer for World of Wonder on a half-hour comedy drama based on his life. Like, and it's for Hulu. So he's all over the place. Netflix, Hulu, and Warner. Good on you, Ru. More gooder. Good on you. Good for you. All right. Next up. I forgot at how big of a deal stand-up comedy was for Netflix. Until- it's really, they really have poured a lot of money into a it. A lot of money. Because, like, they're doing another thing. Um, what's the what's the, 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 the title of this article? Netflix sets glob- set global stand-up comedy event series featuring... Uh, it's Chris D'Elia De- and Nicole Byer. Um, but that's like that's not fair to just put it just the two of them because it's going to be like 40, 47 comedians from 13 regions around the world participating in this. That's redonkulous. <laughs> um, it's going to be in ties with Just for Laughs, which was a like um like they raised money for stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a charitable. It was a charity. Like, I can't remember what it was for, but I do remember it being a charity-driven thing. But as you read, it says who's going to be in it. There's a bunch of names from all over the United States, United Kingdom, France, Africa, Australia, Australia, Canada, the Middle East, so blah, 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 blah. Um, I I forgot about this, and as it reminded me how big of a deal stand-up comedy was, because... They dumped twenty million dollars per special for Chris Rock and the and the two Dave Chappelle specials. Mm-hmm. That's sixty million dollars for just stand-up comedy. That's impressive, and I, like they're still going. Like every time I turn on Netflix, there's more comedy specials on there. Uh, I'm particularly happy for uh, Nicole Byer was mentioned in the headline Mm -hmm. uh have you watched any of nailed it yet no i've seen only like uh clips oh my god the show is so great i love her so much uh (laughs) and i just want everything every good thing for her so well hopefully this will do right by her she also has a podcast called why won't you date me (laughs) 
Okay. Which I haven't listened to, but it's supposed to be a uh, like a relationship advice podcast. Interesting. Um, also, Netflix has re- also recently launched the comedy lineup, a series of 15-minute specials featuring a range of up-and-coming comedians as well. Man, there's a lot of eggs in that basket. So hopefully it works out. That's, this is a, a big undertaking, too. There's a lot of people involved with this. Um, it's going to be recording from July 24th to July 29th in Montreal. Let's see if it's the same. Yeah, it's going to be the same time frame for for all of the others so that they are shown at the same time. So keep an eye out for that. Um, next up, apparently, there was a, a posting war between you two, speed-wise. Uh, this, <laughs> one, this one from io 9 uh, gizmodo.com the head writer of avatar the last airbender is working on a new fantasy series for netflix and with that i hear everybody saying sold (laughs) i'm in um i i read this and immediately was peaked like my interest was peaked and then i saw the imagery and i was like yeah i am really in this looks really good yeah, I'm. I am all in. I'm 150 billion percent in. Uh. <laughs> I love Avatar: The Last Airbender. One of my favorite shows. We talked about it pretty recently. Uh, I love uh, Legend of Korra. I love uh, Voltron. But this head writer dude is not. Did not work on either of those shows. Um, so, as far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, last time I looked, I think this is the first thing he's properly headed since Avatar. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's also uh, Naughty Dog director Justin Richmond, and mm. the creation is called The Dragon Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a trio of young heroes in a fantastical land beset by war to human princesses and the unlikely elfin assassin tasked with their murdering. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, apparently it's going to debut in some way, shape, or form at San Diego. San Diego Comic-Con, which is this weekend, I think. More like the latter half of this week, right? Yes, it's this weekend. I so, think Thursday it starts. So I'm sure next week we'll be seeing some snippets or clips or whatnot. And we'll get to judge it even further. But as of right now, I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> All right, next up. Let's see what, what Doctor Who website this came from. Uh, doctorwho.tvnews.com <laughs> Listen, I get things where I get them, all right? <laughs> this is true. Now, uh, a line of to- of course, a line of toys is coming out for the new doctor. Um you get some imagery here of what the new uh, what is being shown at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Um the okay, so Titan was it Titan? Yeah, Titan did two of them. And one of them is just off-putting. The one on the left? The one on the left with the realistic head and the ultra-unrealistic body. Because right next to it is a pseudo-realistic body with a Lego-like head. If they just switched the heads of those two dolls, I think I would be better. (laughs) But it is really off-putting. It's weird. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that Titan figure, I have a couple of those... um of companions mm-hmm. that are in that style and they are they don't 
totally look like who they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't love those figures. I never have. I mean, the, the the Funko ones they did a good job with, of course. I mean, the standard pop version, but whatever that other style is, that looks pretty good. It's uh, cute. Um, America, it isn't rock candy. Is it rock? Is it rock candy or something to that? Yeah. Effect? Yeah. Yeah. Like they did a good job with those, and then I of wanna... course the Barbie looking one. Oh yeah, well, the, I mean, f- f- in fairness, that it does look like her. It does, and it's real like cloth. The modeling is accurate. You know, it's ultra detailed. It's real fabric for the costume and whatnot. So, check those out. And then there's, of course, the costume for the adult woman who wants to dress like the doctor. I'm like, I when I scrolled down, I didn't read the, the snippet. I just looked at the picture. I'm like, wow, that doesn't look like her at all. <laughs> that is a really bad toy. And then I realized, no, no, it's a it's a costume. It's a model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want the pop just because thanks to someone else on this podcast, I now have most of the other doctors <laughs> in pop form and it's the only pops I own. <laughs> They're all standing over my desk watching me. Is that work me? Every day. <laughs> yes, it's you. Oh, okay, cool. Good. I'm glad those those gifts stick around. <laughs> <laughs> See, for a Just while there, chuck them in the fire. <laughs> I, ha- I had a very bad pop addiction, <laughs> not to, not to, for not to, not too long ago, and this is this is funny because my birthday just passed, and people find it very difficult to buy me gifts because I end up going out and buying the shit that I want. So, I just finished putting on our convention, Gardens Day Comic Fest, and the end of the show, we're we're, we're the, all the vendors. All the vendors except for one have packed up and left. It is about 8.30 at night, Sunday night. And the, it's, it's an empty ice rink. And from across the rink, this empty rink, two people that work with me are standing by the people that are finishing up packing up. And one of them yells, hey, Evan, do you have this Moon Knight pop? And from across the rink, I yell, what does it look like? <laughs> There Looks was like Moon Knight. one left, and it was there. I had there was the they one made an pop official that one? I did not have. I didn't know they actually made an official one. I know you they had made, like a they made three. Made one for you. They made three. One of them which glowed in the dark, and that was the that was the find. So it was a good, it was a win for Evan that weekend. Yay, Funko! All right, back to news. Nerd nerd media. Is that what that says? Hold on. Nerdvana Media. Nerdvana Media. Okay. Now, Karen, you have to explain this to me because I thought... All right, so here's the the article title. Doctor Who Lost Episode Shada, completed with animation, gets BBC America slot July 19th. It's Shada, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I thought that was done a while ago. Uh, I think this is the point of this is that it's airing. Like, yes, it's been completed. So it hadn't aired. That was a uh, thing. maybe not on BBC America. Okay, because I re- I've seen that imagery before. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's getting a BBC America air date, which is July nineteenth. Yes, it's Thursday, the day this podcast drops. Right. Yeah, so once you're done listening to this podcast, go check that out. I'm super psyched to watch this. Is like, so it it was considered one of the lost episodes, right? It was never finished. That we we did a story about this a while back. I think when they announced that they were going to do this project with the animation, it was uh, halted during a like a, a workers' union strike. Okay. And they just never finished the episode, which is a damn shame because the script was written by Douglas Adams. Right. Which is, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide, Dirk Gently, like mm-hmm. good writer. 
Now, so okay, so they re like they did. Let's say they did the ending, like they finished it in animation. How did the voice acting go? They brought back the original cast. Really? It's in here, yeah. I thought they. I thought for some reason my recollection was that they had filmed it, but lost like the video and still had the audio to it, and they just subbed in this animation is that uh, the- that's other doctor who episodes okay okay now have you seen this karen i have seen what exists of it i have a vhs copy of this from when they originally released like the wow. unfinished episode okay kids vhs before <laughs> digital media there was dvd before <laughs> dvd there was betamax <laughs> so Okay, interesting. Yeah, lest you ever question my Whovian fandom. Not that you guys would. I'm talking to the audience here. <laughs> question your Whovianness. Anywho, <laughs> it's good. All right, so th- so eventually now us Americans will be able to see what you have experienced back in the VHS era. <laughs> and I'm just so psyched to see them fill in these blanks. I believe it's been a long ass time since I watched the VHS. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But Who I has a VHS player anymore? I mean, really? We have one somewhere in this house. <laughs> you sure do. Um, but I believe the parts that were missing were filled in with narration from Tom Baker just like sitting in a chair and being like, so here's what happened in this part. So, <laughs> like the parts so that they spoken never word, recorded. Poetry almost. <laughs> yeah, just like him like narrating. Like uh, the doctor of Imagine Rwanda if you were, you know. <laughs> Okay, cool. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, next up from TV Line, South Park season 22 gets September premiere date on Comedy Central. I have two questions. Go ahead. Ha- how uh-huh. and why? And why? <laughs> I am shocked that South Park is still on on the air. I like that was all. That was okay. So couple of th- parts about this article that surprised me was y- yes that south park is still on and that they'll be making an appearance at san diego comic-con that's a big deal like it takes a Jeez. lot to get into it takes a lot of money to get it to san diego and why are they doing what they're doing like I don't, cartman's I don't. escape room and south park's member berries challenge none of this makes sense to me none of this sh- article at all um but season 22 will premiere on wednesday september 26th so there you, you go still give a fuck about south park i don't know i haven't seen it in a long time maybe it's still good but like how is it a show that is basically social commentary how has it been on since i was in high school and it's still on that's true well uh, it's always social commentary i wonder oh, I'm like I'm like oddly curious as to check out a, a like a a more current episode, but then again, no, I'm really not. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, from thehollywoodreporter.com, why the last man, uh, FX cast unveiled, unveiled, Diane Lane, and Barry. Coegan? I forgot to look this dude up because he looks familiar. He and does. I don't like his. He face. looks like a, a a musician for some reason. Um, <laughs> Imogen Poots, <laughs> Lashana Lynch, 
Juliana Canfield, and Martin Ireland round out the cast of Michael Green and Brian K. Vaughn's FX pilot. I think I did pretty goddamn good on those names. Who did I mess it's up? Marin Ireland. Marin? No t- wait, wait. Yeah. The last name. Ah, uh, no Marin t. Ireland. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, either way. Um, so, FX is making a pilot for Why the Last Man, which is a comic uh, by Brian K. Vaughn about the world... Like a, it's a post-apocalyptic type thing where something goes sideways and everybody with the Y chromosome goes away. Meaning, except men. for this one dude and his monkey and mm-hmm. his monkey, his capuchin. Right? It's a capuchin. I believe so. Yes, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my yeah. favorite comics I've ever read. It's a great this comic. Amazing. Um, and I'm okay with it being on FX. I feel like they'll do it right because FX, FX did Happy, right? Yes. Yes. So no, that was uh, sci-fi, actually. Oh, that's right. It was. was. It FX did Legion. Oh, that, that's good enough. Like, like this, I'm okay with either one of those. FX also did Preacher. And they're still doing Preacher too. So yeah. Well, yes. Good. Yeah, I'm okay with this being there. Uh, I just. Oh yeah, hope FX that- has lots of good content. I, I yeah, I really hope this this gets pulled off well. That's, this guy kind of looks like the art. Like, I mean, well, I guess that's not unusual. But people don't—they don't always go with it when it's with a TV adaptation. They don't always go with, you know, somebody who looks exactly as they were drawn. But this, especially the picture they used here, I'm like, yeah, I, I totally see him as that guy. Well, if you scroll down a little further, and there's mm-hmm. a, the video, like, yeah, yeah, they—that's good cast. That's good visual casting right there. So, um. This is a beloved comic because I I don't see I, I've looked at it and looking at his filmography I don't recognize anything he's done I didn't see Dunkirk I haven't seen any of the rest of the things on his list but he's playing Yorick so all right so like I said it's a it's a DC Vertigo title that is beloved they things could go really really badly they could I'm hoping that they don't boy me too because we like. Jesus, how long ago did I read? Like, this is a this is a decade, ten years ago. I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I read. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea how long. This is one of the first comic series that I was like, yeah, they this should be a television show. Like, I remember thinking that clearly. That and Lock and Key was another one that I thought should definitely be made into a television show. I still don't know how they're gonna how they would physically pull off lock and key. Right, but you still want to so see them try. Strange imagery in that book, but I want to see yeah. them try. Um, so yeah, FX pilot. Let let I'm being hopefully optimistic because I mean Diane Lane, that's good casting. She's a good actress. That's everybody else I don't recognize. I mean, I would have yeah, to see their not a faces. Lot of names I recognize, which I'm good with. Give me people I don't know. New faces. Yeah, which is Give okay. Me new faces, and especially when you're applying it to a story that I have a lot of connection to. Right, and I'm trying to see Brian K. Vaughn. What is, is it? Adaption? Is he is he producing? Is he, did I read that? Oh yeah. What is his uh, involvement? New York. Da, da, da. Boots, la da da da, da Lynch, do, 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 do. 
Wow, there's a lot of information about the the cast, so I don't know. They are, I don't see his name attached on IMDb. Melina Matsukas is directing. Okay. And she has done... She did Master of None. Um, bunch of music videos. Bunch of music videos. <laughs> wow. So she's done a bunch of music videos, uh, a video short for Nike, some TV series called Insecure, and two episodes of Master <laughs> of None. <laughs> All I'm right. sorry. I'm laughing that you that you haven't heard of Insecure, because uh, I have. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can, I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like an authority to speak on it because I haven't watched it. But um, it's it's a comedy, I believe, on HBO. Um, that's pretty cl- critically acclaimed. Uh, it looks like the writer uh, for the series, Michael Green. Uh, has worked on. Uh, it was an executive producer for American Gods. Okay, I'm just seeing a whole bunch of executive producer credits here. Writer credits. There we go. Uh, American Gods. Okay. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Alien Covenant. Logan. Who wrote the screenplay for Ooh. Logan? All right. I know a lot of people liked that. I never watched it. Oh, he he did work on the screenplay for Green Lantern. That's a that's a, that's a strike. Round uh, out the cast of Michael Green and Brian K. Vaughn's FX pilot, and then it, in the in the article it says we'll start in Michael Green's adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn's comic series. So like, so after, I don't think Vaughn has anything to do right with it except that having title, writing like, the uh, the original the source. source material. Hmm. All right. I think it's time to move on. I think we've picked this one dry. All right. Next up from the Hollywood Reporter. Go 90s collapsed. <laughs> and nobody cares. The <laughs> only reason that I put this in there is that they had Veronica Mars. And so now I wonder where well, that's so, going to go. But wait, Go 90 was that 90s? Uh-huh. Okay. Because like it's Verizon shutting down its costly app. The short form content community looks to sh- to sports. Like I just I thought this was something different. Like I felt like it was a you know an app or something for just short form content, like fifteen minute content. But well, the- all their like original stuff was that they also did stream some older shows. Uh, the only really known one of which was Veronica Mars. Yeah, was, like, I remember this going to this weird ass anomaly. <laughs> I remember going to that website once or using that app once. So shocking! It's gone. Anybody? Crickets. So, uh, so uh, just please let us know where Veronica Mars lands. That's all I care about. All <laughs> oh, right. That, no, there is no surprise there that it's it's gone. They spent a shit ton of money to try to get it going. They failed. Uh, content. The content game is not for everyone. Verizon. Yeah. Yeah, just they 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 did really Verizon did really well with its sports deals, so stick with that. You're okay with the NFL and the NBA. Go ahead, keep keep going with that one. Um, so this was kind of I don't know if I if this is surprising to me, but Emmys, Netflix beats HBO with most nominations. Um. 
What surprised yeah, me I'm... was that it's four different. <laughs> uh, Netflix had 112 nominations. HBO had 108. Um, Karen, when is this? When 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 are the Emmys? September 17th. Okay, so I am not going to read them. Check out this the link in the show notes. All of them are listed there. Not all of them. The major categories the ma- are well, listed. Okay, the major categories are listed, <laughs> which seems um, like a lot. Ooh, this lead actor yes. for comedy series is Ted Danson in The Good Place. That was a good scroll yes. by. I got that one. Yes. <laughs> Anything There's that shocked you, Karen? Shocking? I don't know about shocking. There's some good stuff in here, like that I'm really excited about. Glow and um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel nominated for comedy series. Ooh. Um, lead actress in a drama. Tatiana Masolani. Yeah, once again, we are. That is next on our list is to finish off that show that we did not finish the last season of because we're terrible people. <laughs> I don't get how uh, Blonde Lady got uh, nominated for Glow and not uh, Allison Brie. Yes, the Debbie from Glow got nominated and, and Allison Brie did not. I don't love Debbie. I, I don't really. I'm not finding that actress to be. She's probably the least compelling to me on the show. So that's I don't... Um, uh, uh, American Pie Girl? Yes. Okay. Clearly nobody can remember her name, so I guess she's not that memorable to you guys. Um, mm. I don't want to use the word snub when it comes to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but Crazy Ex-Girlfriend got snubbed, you guys. <laughs> Just saying. They've been doing well, some awesome work over there, and nobody recognized it. <sighs> Well, we'll find out later how snubbed they got, because, you know, there's another well, article here. awards-wise. Yeah. So check that out if you want more information. It's a, a hefty list. See if your favorite's on there. Um, okay, this, this next one surprised me, because I didn't realize that this was actually a thing on Twitch. Apparently Twitch is showing Doctor Who episodes. Yeah, this was a news story. Maybe it was a news story a week we were off and I just tweeted it. Maybe. But yeah. So now they're doing Torchwood. Yep. That's a, that's <laughs> that's okay. Good old Torchwood is like, I don't know. It's it's very uneven. Is but it? I'm glad that it's there. <laughs> I'm not super happy that it's there. I'm just <laughs> glad that it's there. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again, ever, but yeah. All right, so Torchwood starring John Barrowman. What he played, uh, that, what's the... the Jack. No, no, Captain in, in Jack Arrow. Harkness. He was oh. the bad Arrow. Uh, Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> Malcolm Merlin. Uh, originally, you know, he played Captain Jack Harkness. Uh, this originally aired four series between 2006 and 2011. Twitch will show each of the four series in full... Uh, July 15th will be the first series. July 22nd will be the second series. July 29th, I guess Children of Earth is the third series. And the yes. 5th of August is Miracle Day, which is the fourth. <laughs> so Miracle Day was such a good idea and such a not great show. <laughs> what was Miracle Day? That was the one that was on Stars. Yeah, it was the one that was on Stars. And the premise was that um, uh, people could no longer die. What? And like it just, oh, it it just started seeing what the world would be like if people were unable to die. Other so than like, overcrowded. You 
yeah, it was overcrowded and people were getting sicker and sicker with disease. And like there were, you know, people had to dispose of living people like by burning them like to dust so that they could like get rid of these people that were suffering like mortal injuries, but couldn't die. Like it was, it was an interesting premise. It was just kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of garbage. All right. Well, if you're a Torchwood fan, check it out. Free for you on Twitch. Yeah. Skip season one. Um, nobody needs that. Season two is halfway good. Season three is amazing. And season four, like Chris said, good premise. Bleh, execution, not so good. Yeah. Has its moments. Don't get me wrong. I mean... We still say, you're changing your pants in this house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, uh, God. And if you love a Welsh accent, just, just put it on in the background and listen, because God. It's so good. Eve Miles, right? That's, yes, Eve yeah. Miles. She's great. I mean, that, that's just She it. needs to work more. She does. There's some really, just, just some genuinely good stuff in that, in Torchwood in general. And it's such a bummer that it wasn't better. <laughs> All right. Well, check it out if you want. Um, next up from Deadline Hollywood. All right. So I Rivet TV. I feel like we've discussed this before. I'd never heard of it before, but okay. Maybe then I just read about it, but like I thought this was a great idea because this platform gives the opportunity for like unaired pilots or un- unmade shows to have another possible life by just talking to the people watching it like if you want to see this again and they raise enough money we'll make another one and another one i keep that going it's like tv kickstarter just tv kickstarter um this article specifically a tv platform that gives viewers the power to greenlight series launches with kevin smith's stoner comedy I remember hearing about uh, ooh, what was it? It's Halloween, Hollyweed, a while ago via one of his podcasts. I can't remember what it was. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a sitcom. I thought he was like going to travel around the, the you know the state just checking out dispensaries, but apparently it's a sitcom starring Kevin Smith in a speaking role, which is weird. It is. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing that him and another person run a dispensary. I'm okay with that. I think that might be funny. It's available now to me. It sure is. So, um, if you want to support Kevin Smith, go check this thing out. Yeah, and it's just—it's just an interesting, like this whole Rivet TV concept is interesting to me. Um, fans watch a pilot um, on Rivet and decide whether the TV show is worth paying a modest per episode price. From one ninety nine to five ninety nine to complete the season, creators have forty five days to coax fans to support it. Um, like it's there's a a fundraise, like it's a Kickstarter, for, like literally, just TV. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure we'll get more information. Yeah, there, there it is. Smith plans to plug Hollywood during a scheduled Hall H appearance on Saturday, July twenty first at San Diego. So we'll hear more about that once San Diego Comic-Con is done. But I am interested in seeing that. I will check it out. Um, 
Next up from TVLine.com. Roseanne scores Emmy nominations despite ABC's revivals can't despite ABC revivals cancellation. So, um, it got two Emmy nods, one for Laurie Metcalf, which is great. Laurie Metcalf is a great actress. I'm sure she did a fine, a phenomenal job on that show. Um, and then it also got one for like single camera or multi camera. What it was. Uh, for multi-camera picture editing for a a comedy series so the editor brian schnuckles he got he got the emmy nod i don't know it was just one episode so it wasn't roseanne herself or any of her acting capabilities it was the supporting cast and crew so some good things came out of that shit show some of them (sighs) <sighs> okay. You this thought one, it was dead, but it's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one coming to us from the Nerdist. <laughs> Rick and Morty double album soundtrack arrives this fall. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> so is is I this hope it's just repeated that what was the like the rap song they did for the giant planet or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's just that one track over and over and over again. Get um Swifty. Big Trouble Little Sanchez is represented by two of Tiny Rick's songs. <laughs> Help me, I'm gonna die and let me out. What? This is just weird. Just weird enough for Rick and Morty. So, there you go. You're If you're that big of a Rick and Morty fan and you want a double LP... <laughs> All you have to do is wait till November twenty third. LP digitally and cassette. Ooh, and cassette. What the hell? We have wrapped around. Buy this too. Yeah, you throw it in a track. Someone will throw it on there. Real to real. No, I mean people love Rick and Morty so much that they will buy this in like a format that they don't even have a player for. Okay, just to be like collect the you know. Yeah. The release date is September 28th, but the truly hardcore fans may may want to wait until November 23rd when the deluxe double LP soundtrack arrives. So, September 28th for the the fans, November 23rd for the Uber fans. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Karen, you posted up this next one. Deadline. Okay, so when Doubt and Abby ended, did you expect there to be a movie? No. Okay, so this is a shock to you? It it is a a pleasant surprise. There you go. Doubt and Abby is getting a movie. Movie Greenlit. Original cast returns for summer start. I know nothing. They're filming this summer. I don't know when the movie will actually be released. So, it's... I... (laughs) This is so awesome. It's, like, it's, I'm super excited. Who knows? Like, this, there's no story details. Um, they're going to be in the same location and the same castle where they were shooting. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. Fans of and Abbey have long been waiting for the Crawley's family's next chapter. <laughs> okay, so we're getting the next chapter in movie form. Wow. I'm excited. I will always take more doubt, Nabby. <laughs> I I will always take more doubt, and 
All right. Um, there you go. We'll keep an eye out for that. If we get any more information, we'll pass it along. Uh, next up from EW.com. Joss. <sighs> Getting more Joss. He's returning to TV with an HBO sci-fi series. It's an epic <laughs> uh, Somebody wrote this headline like, I'm going to use all the keywords I need to get as many hits as I possibly can. Um, okay, so an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. <laughs> oh, Joss, you're funny. Uh, this is like Joss Whedon now has enough money. He can do whatever the <laughs> fuck he wants. Look at this lamp. Rah, it's a scary lamp. It's a space lamp. <laughs> Honestly, he couldn't be more excited. The Nevers may be the most ambitious narrative he's ever created. Okay. Apparently there was a bidding war. I'm, I was curious. Like They didn't actually say, but there was a, there was a war between HBO and Netflix. I think I would have preferred Netflix because I would have gotten it all in one shot. Yeah. And this, you know, assuming that, you know, it turns out to be something that we want to watch. That means we have to pay for three months of HBO or whatever. Yeah, you just wait for it to hit HBO Go and then we'll do the one month, get it all, walk away. Right. Um, I don't know. Or other. The internet is the internet is split about this. I mean, like Joss Whedon fanboys are like, "Hooray, more sci-fi epics from uh, from Joss Whedon." Uh, women seem to be like, um, "No thanks." Yeah, didn't wasn't he like kind of a? Yeah, he was. It was not necessarily a casualty of Me Too, but he did. There were some stories about how he was terrible to his wife or his ex-wife mm-hmm. um well i mean i guess there there's a difference between being a sexual predator and just being kind of an asshole and you know to your ex-wife I'll, I'll live with someone being kind of an asshole and still appreciate their work so yeah there's but there's also something to his like this is a story about a bunch of women being told by a dude but that's Joss's go-to. Right, exactly. But the, And he's the, done it well. Right. But But maybe not. <laughs> if you if you if you look at some of his past work from a feminist perspective, some of it doesn't hold up. Okay. I'm not going to further this uh <laughs> argument on the podcast cuz we'll be here all night, but uh, I, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree. I'm just saying that's the argument out there is that maybe Joss Whedon isn't the right person for this project, even though it's his idea, I guess. But um, that, like this project wouldn't be right without Joss Whedon, who's creating the. OK, let's... there's an argument that maybe we don't need this. OK. OK. With that said. It's hit in HBO. Um, it's it was uh, direct to series, so HBO just said yes, make it go. And which doesn't surprise me at all because HBO needs something. They do, they do. They're they're 
they're betting on a prequel series for Game of Thrones and Westworld sticking around. So they don't have many eggs in their baskets anymore. So hopefully this works out for them. Um, doesn't say anything about time frame. So once we hear more information, we will pass it along. Um, okay, so this next one is a Twitter post. Uh, apparently there's a documentary for behind-the-scenes stuff for Freaks and Geeks. I don't want to click on it because the audio is going to play on my computer. Remind me. It's There's a there's a uh, Freaks and Geeks uh, documentary. It's airing right now, I think. Monday That's at all. 9 p.m. Yes, as we were recording. Yeah, it's I, I spotted it, and Karen's like, you should put that in the feed. And I said, okay. There it is. Check it out yeah. if you are... We will post the Twitter link in our show notes, and you should be able to find it from there. Um, we we got another Stranger Things update. Um, we got a first look at Maya Hawk as Robin, and a hint of delay for the delayed premiere date for season three. Now, I okay. We got an image. It's a a Twitter posting. Of Steve and Robin at their job at what it was like what sh- shakes ahoy Ships ahoy <laughs> something like that scoops ahoy it was scoops a ice ahoy. cream it was a yeah, ice cream pun um but I didn't understand what they meant by the delay because doesn't it say like we'll s- see it in summer or something to that effect. Like it, it was previous season premiered July, two thousand sixteen and October, two thousand seventeen. Those are the, the original premiere dates, and a hint of a later than hoped for summer two thousand nineteen premiere date with the words "coming next summer." So wait, they wanted it earlier than summer. I don't know. I'm trying yeah, to. Under- I don't know either. I'm trying to understand that because that doesn't make sense. Like if it's always been in the summer. Maybe it's just that it's an extra year. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but we knew there's, that. There's no Stranger Things this year, but we, uh, yeah, we kind of knew that. We knew that coming, you know, going into it. So, um, did you guys watch? Like, there's a still from this in this article. Did you watch the actual video? No, I did not. Oh, <laughs> they made a period commercial for <laughs> uh, the new Starcourt Mall opening in Hawkins, Indiana. It is like dead serious, like no winks at all to the camera that about the kids or anything. Right. Stranger Things. It is straight up a 90 second commercial for this mall with like B-roll of old like Walden books and like The Gap <laughs> and like old, an old like Burger King storefront from the 80s. And it's just amazing. Uh, a friend, uh, a, a hawk-eared listener, Lexi, pointed out that it is narrated by Carrie Elwes, who is joining the cast this season. Interesting. And uh, as they're touring the mall, they show this uh, Scoops Ahoy ice cream parlor with Steve and this girl, Robin. And I just feel so bad because his gorgeous hair is under this dorky hat. <laughs> 
Uh, Maya Hawk, who plays this new character, by the way, um, fun fact, is the daughter of uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. Interesting. So, this is this is really like I recommend. I see. I can see Chris is actually yeah. watching the video I'm without it sound, right but uh, it, it. I wow. recommend this. It's uh, boy. This is a uh, quite is something. A, it is. I, I will watch it once we're done. <laughs> not not that anyone doubted that Stranger Things time period. <laughs> yeah, not that anyone doubted wow. Stranger Things embraces the '80s, but oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Even the video Sam quality. Goody. All right. <laughs> this is doing it. All right. So this is one of those things. Uh, surprise, surprise that I, uh, I glom onto and stare at and uh, critique very harshly when watching uh, TV shows showing uh, old technology. Uh, yes. So this is a pretty decent. That has been a pet peeve of yours. VHS. That effect. and empty cups, if I remember correctly. That's mine. Yeah, oh. that's hers. Okay. And and by proxy mine because she pointed out now I can't unsee it and it still cheeses me off. What was I just watching? Uh, oh, it was actually it was Glow. Uh, we were just watching an episode of Glow and they were showing something on a TV and I'm like that's superimposed on that screen. That's not actually showing anything. I just I just noticed this stuff and this is a pretty decent approximation of a VHS tape. Okay. So I will I will tip my hat to this one for being You'll pretty allow decent it. at that. But yeah, man, people show things on CRTs on, on shows all the time. And they're like, no, that's that's a, somebody superimposed a rectangle on there. That's not coming out of that screen. You can't fool me. You can't fool me, sir. Oh, speaking of 80s and video quality, not to go off on a tangent, but Evan, when you get to season two of Glow, mm-hmm. one of the episodes is just an episode of the show. <laughs> Of Glow? Of Glow. Oh, my God. It's like a full, whatever, 30 minutes that's just the show. and It's a full 29 minutes and 29 seconds, and then 30 seconds of really fascinating plot point that sets up the next episode. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I am now jazzed. Uh, one be. of the things Chris noticed about it was that they changed the aspect ratio to what it would have been for that time. Good on for your that episode. show. Good on you. See, like that. Yeah, that's in full screen, not widescreen, and it's for just that one episode, huh? Just for that one episode until it switches back to not being that up, like an episode of Glow. Any anytime they're showing just the episode of Glow, it's in the correct uh, aspect ratio. I I was very happy about that. (laughs) Well, see, but that's like the attention to detail, and that's you know, it's appreciated by some. Appreciate by me. Me specifically. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. Um I read this this interview and I feel like this guy just found Christopher Lloyd like sitting at a coffee shop and he's like, <laughs> Hey, let's let me do an interview with you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I didn't actually read the entire interview, but so I I like the I, I liked the idea. Christopher Lloyd would love being in Back to the Future Four or on Rick and Morty. Of course he does. Rick, he, he come on, it's Christopher Lloyd. He, he, he in the in the article he it's a it's a mini interview. Um, he asked the the interviewer the interviewer asks, "Would you do Back to the Future Four?" And he's like, "Well, sure, if they came up with a good enough story and you know." 
it was important with Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale, ba 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 ba. Like he's gingerly walking around it, saying, "Yeah, I would like to do it, but it has to be right." Okay. Uh, the guy also asks, "What was your favorite?" He's like, "I liked the last one because it was a western, and I got to ride a horse." Pretty much is what he said. Um, and you know, he's familiar with Rick and Morty. Like it all makes sense. It's nothing shocking. The thing is. Yeah. This is how these things happen now. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you don't think? Well, true. Yeah. Like, the, if you don't make a show like Rick and Morty and a character like Rick Sanchez without being a huge fan of Christopher Lloyd, and so if you make that show and you see this interview, the next call you make is like, "Get me Christopher Lloyd's information. I need to talk to this guy. Yeah. We need to get him on our show." I mean, they're contractually obliged to make about seven hundred new episodes. So. Exactly. They, so they, they, they need they to bring in Rick's space. dad and make it freaking Christopher Lloyd because I mean that's who the character's based off of. So. Just, and uh, there's a point in time where the interviewer asks, "Would he would he stop Donald Trump from getting his hands on the sports almanac?" And he asks it again because Christopher Lloyd goes, "I'm sorry." <laughs> okay, we get it. You're trying to be topical, so yeah, I'm okay. He says, "So you're a fan of Rick and Morty? I don't follow it closely, but I've seen a few episodes, and I got to tell you, I think it's a lot of fun." I know it's some kind of parody of Doc and Marty. <laughs> I'm aware of that. So, yeah, I'm okay with seeing that. I would like to see that. <sighs> All right, next up, Karen, we're going to touch the the uh, the snubbing that you had mentioned earlier. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is getting an expanded final season. Uh, their first season was 18 episodes. Their final season will be 18 episodes as well. I'm so excited about this just because, like, the shorter seasons that they've had just aren't haven't been enough. Really? Yeah, I mean, and I, I get that, you know, you want to tell your story in your finite period of time and you don't want to have more episodes than you have story for, but I just, I always want more. I want more songs. I want more more story i just i want more so well, i'm happy to have five more episodes than i had last year there you go so you're getting what you asked for um the expanded and i season. think it's got to be the partly the success of their live tour that people were like oh okay well i guess people really do like this show let's let's make more of it yeah yeah i don't see like it, it wouldn't be crazy that it gets picked up someplace else as well once the fourth and the the finale of the fourth season. I think they're ending it because they've told their story. Yeah, that, I want to see that these people move on. That I would argue against because I think that they they said they planned it as a four four season story from the beginning. So yeah, I want to see them move on to do. I want to see what their next thing is instead of more of this. Okay. Well, season four starts uh, October twelfth. So very close to my birthday. Yay! Hey, happy birthday. All right, and finally, from the Nerdist, we get some imagery of She-Ra and the Princess of Power. How do you guys feel about this imagery? I think it looks great. Yeah? I'm, I'm a fan. I think it looks awesome. Uh, I am fine with it in that it is, like, kind of modest. Okay. And, you know, practical. I see far too many female superheroes that is are just 
too over-sexualized and they know this is my argument against like overly sexualized female heroes is not that like oh they don't need to be sexy like that's not you know that they shouldn't be objectified whatever so are male superheroes Mm -hmm. it's just not fucking practical you don't want your boobs swinging all over the place you don't want your hair getting in your face i have this argument with a guy at work all the time about he likes superhero (laughs) like female superheroes with long flowing hair that just flows back i'm like tie that shit up when you're having a fight like come on well, nine times out of ten in a superhero female battle, one of their hair is getting pulled and usually swung around violently and then thrown into a building. That's the standard. That's why so I like the back. little shorts under her skirt. I like the high neck on the costume. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Uh, yeah. She's got she does have flowing hair, but that crown thing seems to be holding it back. Yeah. So the, the tiara-esque looking thing. And it does appear that when she's not in crazy, flowy... She looks Garb. like she is she rocking looks the like, ponytail. Um, uh, Adam, Prince Adam. Yeah, she does look like a female version of Prince Adam. You're right. Like it's that's. I'm I, I'm I I like this look. I like uh, I thought I remember hearing Lumberjanes was really good, and that's uh, the people who are doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think the looks cool. I don't have a huge attachment to She-Ra to begin with, so. It whatever, just man. like the art style looks like Flash animation to me. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait to see it move. Yeah. But, uh, it is a very simplistic it's a art very style. It's simplified but, um, art style, yeah. I, I, I like that. I think that that works for a lot of things. I mean, it worked for Avatar. You know, it's relatively anime-inspired. Now, I don't... Uh, I the, the reason I wanted to post this in there is because I just wanted to officially say that all the moronic men out there that are giving this show crap or the same ones that were up in arms about uh, Thundercats, mm-hmm. like... This is the dumbest one of all to to give crap to because all right, Thundercats, I get it. That's a weird take on Thundercats. It's very different, and I could see that being mildly upsetting. I'm kind of cheesed about the Ninja Turtles because I think that looks like flaming hot garbage. But you know what? So the show's not for me. Yes, this is like. I mean, don't go back and watch She-Ra. I almost guarantee it's like me going back to watch Voltron. It probably doesn't hold up as well as you think it does. <laughs> and I think it's a really cool property to try to reinvent. But I was seeing some nasty, just awful, like, this isn't She-Ra, this is She-Ra. And it's like some statue that somebody made like four or five years ago of like an ultra sexy grown-up She-Ra. Or like people are pissed off because she's being presented as younger and not being... Uh, you know, just this big, sexy Red Sonia type character, and like that stuff is all dumb. Like I'm <laughs> right there with Karen. It's always bugged me that Wonder Woman doesn't wear freaking pants. Like, Wait, do you remember brother- working at the shop and that being a thing? Oh my god! When they first did the New Fifty Two, they gave Wonder Woman pants, and the entire comic book community was up in arms. Like Wonder Woman doesn't wear pants. Like. Why the hell? Why wouldn't she wear pants? It's it like, makes no what are you, sense. You're going to go into battle and just not put pants on? This is Do you dumb. understand how much less time it takes to put on pants than it does to put on like the stockings that she would need to not have her thighs chafe? <laughs> it's not even thighs chafing. Even there that. are projectiles out there. Put something on. <laughs> Who's charging into battle naked? This is dumb. So yeah, I am I'm all for this I I you know, just looking at the character designs side by side, I think this is a really smart approach to Shira, mm-hmm. she just looks awesome. I'm and, a, I'm uh, a, I don't want to. I don't want to be confused with. You know, I think the character design looks great. Like I understand it. It's just that it just looks too simplified for 
my tastes. Like, I guess I could see that from the the actual characters, but you know, then this picture of like the, the castle and everything is all pretty beautifully detailed, and I think that's kind of a, was something that was cool in the Lumberjanes books was this kind of juxtaposition between these relatively simplified characters on like uh, kind of looking really stark against these kind of cool painted backgrounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really want to see a trailer. I want to see what this looks like in motion because the other cool thing. Like this kind of harkens back to when we're talking about cartoons of the the '90s, comparing Batman the animated series to, say, Spider-Man the animated series, where Spider-Man is really detailed, like the comic books. Batman is way more simplistic. Like it's a re- they're really flat, bold, yes. simple color designs, and thus is animated way better. Mm-hmm. Like you you can clearly just do more with this kind of animation with less. Uh, I guess, effort put into it. It's, right. I, I think it's a really smart design choice. And if this moves as well as I think it might, I'm, 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 I'm really hopeful. I think this looks great. I think that just the, the, I, the notion of anyone complaining about this redesign of saying that it's, it doesn't do the original character justice is full of just the, the most rancid of crap. <laughs> the most it's just rancid of stupid. crap. Well, there it is. Check it out once we, if we uh, if we come across a, a trailer probably we'd it would pop out now during uh, CDCC. Yeah, I I think we'll we'll see something this weekend, and I hope so. I just I I want this to be cool. I'm liking the thing about the crappy cartoons we watched when we were kids is that there were a lot of really good ideas, but they were toy commercials at the end of the day. Have and you? Wa- oh, speaking of, have you watched the toys that make us? No, I have not. Oh, I may have to. I I've may, heard of it. I really, I, 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 it's on my list of I things. I may force you, you guys to watch it because it's really fucking interesting. But continue. I apologize. There's, there's some really cool ideas to be had there, and I'm loving when things like this get taken and kind of remodeled. Like when they did that He-Man reboot a bunch of years ago. Uh, I thought that started off really well. I didn't keep watching it because I wasn't at a point in my life where I had DVR or anything and I couldn't watch it when it was on. Mm-hmm. The Thundercats show that got canceled that nobody watched. I watched a few episodes of it and it was really freaking cool. Like, these are good ideas. The Voltron cartoon that's on right now is outstanding. Right. So th- I like that they're taking these ideas and just breathing life into them. And uh, this looks like the kind of thing that is is doing that in a way that I appreciate. Yeah, like it's the doing Thundercast what it's show to do. does not look like it's going to be for me, but I get it. Um, it. But this is one of those properties that's like there's there's something there, so let's do something cool with it with the right creative team, and I'm stoked about it. In conclusion, I'd just like to say I was She-Ra for Halloween when I was six, <laughs> and I really miss my uh, plastic sword full of gold glitter water. It was awesome, and I want it. There you have it. I appreciate it. Your your in-depth notion. Chris, go with the spiel. <laughs> you can get in touch with us at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twebcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K R I S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. 
If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new as often as we can. Back to you, Evan. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. Actually, it is your turn. It is my turn. What, 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 what's our homework this week? Well, I've been trying to find something that uh, I've been trying to find something to watch now that I've finished my Voltron rewatch and uh, was trying to decide what to move on to. And I actually settled on the West Wing, which is kind of difficult to watch uh, in this current political climate climate. But the show's just so darn good. I can't put it down. And I was remarking to Karen the other night that young Rob Lowe is a really good looking gentleman. He's a nice looking fella. And that wasn't to say anything against, you know older Rob Lowe, who was also a good-looking dude, uh, which got my mind to spinning and put me right onto the path of the show that we are going to watch this week, which is The Grinder, <laughs> Season 1, oh. Episode 10, The Oliphant in the Room. Yay! <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, Season 1? Season 1, Episode 10, The Oliphant in the Room. This show was tragically cut down in its prime, and... Uh, well, I, I think it's time for us to spend some time appreciating it. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. Um, great homework assignment. The Grinder, Season 1, Episode 10. The Elephant in the... The Oliphant. The Oliphant. Oliphant in the, in the room. One of the cleverest episode titles I think I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, there's your homework, people. Thank you so much again for joining us. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. If you need fur, I know a guy. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.